Hmm, triggered much? On this installment of The Grind to Find, I'm discussing triggers, uncovering some low-key places that comparisons hide, and much, much more. So get yourself comfortable because this grind becomes official right now. Greetings, beautiful people. Greetings and welcome to The Grind Defined. Tarol and Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high-achieving women find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being by bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our creator. Twas an amazing day in my neighborhood. Listen, I know y'all hear me saying amazing a lot, but that's because there is so much that is just amazing in the face of the curveballs that sometimes come into the game called life that we all have to play. So, hey, it's always about the brighter side of things, and I don't care what happens, there's always something phenomenal associated with it if we just look. But, anywho, I am so glad to have you here with me today because we're going to be talking about um, <clears throat> you triggered much triggers triggers. Yes, that's the conversation for today. But before we get into all of that, I want to make sure that you guys know that if you haven't already, you can log on to the Click on feed. Once you click on feed, there are several apps for you to choose from. The Grind Defined is everywhere that you can find podcasts. Once you choose the one that works best for you, you want to make sure you hit that notification bell so you can be updated when I upload. And that's to get that plain tea. But if you're someone who likes a little extra in your tea, I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of different things that you can have in your tea. No judgment zone. <laughs> yes, every now and then, especially when there's chilly weather. I like a little something extra in my tea. I like a spirit or two sometime in my tea, but you might be different. Doesn't matter. Anywho, you like something extra in your tea, like some of the, the behind the scenes, excuse me, specifics that go on with episodes, what's going on at tarolamichelle.com, new things that may be going on in my world, either with this show, some other things that I'm doing that you're definitely going to want to click on join the list. Because when you join the list, you'll get that extra good, good in your tea. So for plain tea, go ahead and click that feed and follow. But for tea with something extra in it, you're going to want to join the list. All right. All right. Now, I want to add to that sharing is caring. So if you like what's going on here at The Grind Defined, please, oh, please share with a friend and bring them over to this community. The more of us here together to define our grind on our own terms, the better. So before I jump into content today, I just want to take a brief pause for the cause because I have to send some love out into the atmosphere. Good news that I'd like to share with everyone here today, and that is that The Grind Defined has been picked up by the Love Radio Network. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If you don't know about the Love Radio Network, then you need to know about the Love Radio Network. It is a collection of some phenomenal programs with some phenomenal talent, uh, podcasting, radio, and uh, they're going to be starting their streaming platform. So video will be there as well. So the Grind Define will be in the 
building. To get specifics on those dates and everything, make sure that you join the list. But I want to send some love out to Dr. Charles Dean, who is the owner of the network over there, and all of my esteemed, sophisticated, anointed, just amazing colleagues on this network. I am so excited to be a part of the family and there's just so much more to come. So I want to thank them for having me. Thank them for having the grind to find. It is an absolute honor to be in the company of such an amazing network and amazing people. But I can't stop there. I can't stop and I won't stop. You know why? Because I have to send some mad love out to my producers. Now, You've been listening to The Grind to Find and you like the ambiance. Uh, these fellas make it hot. They make it what it is around these parts. And it feels so good to have some people where you can pick up the phone and call and say, hey, this is what's on my mind. This is what I would like to do. And for them to vibe it and to go all in like they have. Uh, another fun fact about uh, The Grind to Find and TGD Studios, would you guys know or like to know that I'm the only estrogen in the building. Yep, I am surrounded by kings. I have a team of kings and you cannot go wrong <laughs> when you are surrounded by kings. So I have to send, have to send much love, abundant love out to Tempo Beats out of Chicago, Illinois, headed up by Trey Perkins. I love me some Trey and I love his beautiful wife you guys are amazing um you know god bless trey because you know i'm one of those type of people where i call and i'm like yeah you know trey i had this idea and trey, trey is like really smooth so he's like oh yeah you know what, what, what you know what's up what you got and then i'm that person if you're a producer and you listening i'm pretty sure you've had this moment where somebody say okay you know it's like do no do no and then it's like do 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 and then it's a bing that's me and Trey is just, he's chill. I know he's thinking to himself, what the hell is she talking about? What, what am I supposed to do with that? But <laughs> I love the brother because, you know, he just, he's like, yeah, okay. And um, he'll, he always throws something hot back at me that is absolutely nothing like what I said. But I think that that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> that it's not like what I said. He's able to take what I say and make it something that will not make dogs cry. So, <laughs> Trey out of Tempo Beats in Chicago. Thank you so very much. Also, Mad Love goes out to Chief Productions, headed up by Wu Chief. Again, amazing, amazing at what he does. I have uh, connections with these wonderful people because uh, back in the day, y'all, just a couple of fun facts about me. Back in the day, I was an indie recording artist. I used to sing R&B and Neil Soul, and I also had myself plugged in with the hip hop community. So I used to do some hooks and work with some amazing people. And it was lots, lots, lots of fun. Did some shows and things together, recorded some music and stuff together. And so to be able to stay in connection with some of the people that I worked with back in the day when we were recording, doing the spoken word, some spoken word artists as well, doing those things back in the day and then to have those connections later on as support for where I am now and what's going on now. I just feel grateful. So thank you guys so much for being a part of my team. Thank you so much for, I mean, my vision for the grind to find. I'm just glad that you guys were feeling it and that we're all working together and it's amazing. And that's it. That's all on that. All right. All right. Always remember if at any point in time you have any questions, comments, shoot me an email, connect at the grind 
connect at thegrinddefined.com and we can definitely have a talk about whatever's on your mind. It could be questions, comments, show ideas, anything like that. Coming up next is the Spoken Spotlight. And after a brief word, we're going to go ahead and glide right into our conversation around triggers. So, hey, you definitely don't want to move a muscle. Keep it locked. Spoken Spotlight. You tell me to look to you and I try to. I do. Look beyond the times I rose only to plummet. That energy that would radiate and draw gloom to me like I was the orchestrator of the impending doom summit. (laughs) I used to suppress the need to keep others up to speed on the adversity that once plagued me. It felt good to be free since that need had once become as one with my melanin, but since I allowed you into me, I learned to see beyond the mirage of walls. I dug deep and kept my head down, focused and intentional because I heed your calls. You see, I learned that belief is a practice and not a fake it till you make it kind of existence. I plug in and show up, ready to put up resistance against my old ways. I don't have to tell you because you know all and see all. There are subpar, average, and then exceptional days. I soothe the call on my heart for what I imagine and would love now by meditating on your words, promises, and vision as I move. And just when I solidify my groove, I look up just a peak to get some air, only to feel the pit growing in my stomach when I see what's over there. The view. It was everything I wanted for me. If I can't touch, taste, live, and be, you are all-knowing and powerful. Why in the hell do you let me see? See what I've wanted and yearned for while you pull me toward the ladder. I've been on course and although imperfect on the journey present in the fight. I'm starting to wonder, does that matter? Is it enough? Will it ever be? Calming myself many a night with whispers of what is to come or will it? I just need to know what the deal is because that view would be just the boost my mission needs. You plant those spiritual seeds and indeed I'm all for that, but what if you added a dose of the kind of greatness you claim you reserved and customized for me? At times I feel like you intentionally keep me focused on the trees as though there would never be a forest along my pathway. And this ain't no pity party. This ain't like the days when you were in my top 20. I've learned how to align my life around you being number one, making it fun to know you have a space for me, but do you have a place for me? And if you do, when can I see it? I get the lifelines you throw and the SOS calls you answer, yet I can't escape feeling like the cancers that erode my happiness are by design. I'm checking those views and I'm feeling more and more like I'm being left behind. So I come back inside and meditate to decompress and quell the hate that wants to rise in my heart at times when I am reminded of the view over there. I reconnect to my tools as I wage the war to ward off anger, pity, self-judgment, and shame. This heart overcome by emotions that leave me wanting encourages me to play the blame game. So I put my head back down and begin to move because that was at minimum my promise to you. There are times in life where no matter how much you grind and believe in that which is greater than yourself, the world outside the bubble called your life can make your efforts, progress, or lack thereof feel like cinder blocks resting on your chest. These moments can be intense, all-consuming, and linger well beyond the moment. So the question is, what can be done to alleviate the weight? Is there a way to avoid being triggered, then trapped in emotional spirals and spiritual depletion? Hmm.
Let's face it, our health is our wealth and a critical component in defining our grind every day. This is Terrell and Michelle, Certified Spiritual Mindset and Wellness Coach, and I want to invite you to join my ongoing journey to make my temple, my body, the primary gear in my grind to the next level. Log on to terrellandmichelle.com and click on Wellness to see my journey, testimonials, and schedule a chat to learn how to become a member of Team Terrell. Hey, don't wait until the new year to start. Go into the new year with results. Let us begin by me sharing with you a definition for a trigger. So what what is a trigger? What does it mean to be triggered? I saw a definition. It's by Healthline.com. I took a little bit of what uh, they had and mixed it with some of what I had. So like the head, head go. A trigger is something that affects your emotional state. And this is usually usually pretty significant when you're caught in this moment. What happens is you'll experience extreme overwhelm or distress. And when this happens, this will impede your ability to remain present in that moment. Now, during this process, the overwhelm causes your behavior to be influenced. And typically with that disruption of your behavior, there'll be that switch that'll flip within your mind. I talked about the negative reel in episode four. So if you're new to listening to The Grind Define and you're not familiar with what that is, you might want to check that out. But there'll be a flipping of a switch in your mind, which will cause a disruption in your thought pattern and it may feel as though this disruption this whole process that you're going through when you're triggered is something that's completely and totally involuntary it's like you just look up and you're swept up in this moment and you're just doing what it is that you do (laughs) in that moment if anyone out there has been triggered I know I have when you're doing what you're doing in that moment it's not a good thing so here's something to note something to think about when you're triggered because why then with this happen. And part of why it happens is because this is all associated and stems from your personal beliefs and personal truths that you form. And that's a tricky situation there because just because you believe it and and it is your truth, that does not necessarily mean that that understanding, that belief, and that truth as you've told yourself is valid for the situation. We'll get back to that in just a second. But let's talk a little bit about beliefs. When we say something that we believe. What is that? Well, I call it a collection of ideas that are trusted and embraced as factual truth. And we may determine that these experiences are factual and truthful because we're linking them to some things that we've gone through throughout life, or maybe even there's been situations where we've performed our own experiments, if you will, and have come to the conclusion that based on experience, experiments, and then a collection of data from those things that this is what I say it is. So I'd like to share something with you, a little, a little something that uh, came up by my, my dear mother. I love my mother. <laughs> my mother is um, the reason why I can be abstract, I'll say, or in her words, eccentric. Yeah, just that story about that time, my mother told me that I was eccentric. So I'm not sure what I did because I'm always doing something. I don't know. Um, I'm just being me, but sometimes being me translates into something ultra unique to other people. So 
anyway, talking to my mother, and she tells me, yeah, blah, 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 because you eccentric. And I, you know, I remember, like, when I heard that word in association with me coming from her, it was like, ting, it was like a little ting on a nerve within my body. I'm not even sure where the nerve was, but wherever it was, it, like, radiated throughout me. And I'm sitting up there now. Anybody who has dealt with you, with parents coming up, which means to some degree you all have, right? If you dealt with them, they always saying something sideways out their mouth. And then when you're younger, you can't say anything back. But what you're saying in your mind, in my mind, I'm like, no, this heifer didn't. She did not tell me that I'm eccentric. Now, I don't know anything that she said after that point, because all I know is why she went from saying words to wah, 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 wah. My mind goes to what my truth is about eccentricity and eccentric people. Now, the actual definition of being eccentric is unconventional or slightly strange, which that slightly strange part, that's subjective, you know, because we see a lot of stuff that one thing that's weird to one person is not necessarily strange or weird to another person, tomato, tomato, you know. But at the end of the day, I hear that word. I see her talking with her bright yellow self. And my mind went to, when has she ever seen me eat a burrito? And I know you like burrito. Where is this going? Stay with me, people. When have I ever eaten a burrito and took the remnants of guacamole, salsa, um, sour cream, maybe you got some cilantro that's stuck with little fragments of cheese or something, to the foil that they wrapped the burrito in and like shook that off. Maybe because it was still a little bit of something on it, like licked it, you know, to try to get as much as run my tongue over it, lick it off. And then took that foil and shaped it into, I don't know, maybe a freaking uh, unicorn horn or something. And put it on the top of my head, went into the nearest closet, closed the door, didn't put a fan nor a light in there. And then proceeded to take some antiquated radio machine or whatever and try to contact people when all I had to do was pick up the phone. When have I ever done that? Now this is what came to my mind when I heard the word eccentric. I'm like, I have never licked foil and shaped it into something on my head did that so what the heck is she talking about what in the world you know so but <laughs> i know this is the way things can go okay this is this is how my mind works and this is a no judgment zone so you go in here and get yourself together while you're listening to this but anyway that was what eccentricity meant to me that was a truth that i took and subscribed to that forget what the actual meaning was for some reason that's what that meant specifically to me and so i couldn't really receive her perspective of what she was saying. You know, she was want, want, wanting by that point. I don't know to this day what she meant. What I do know is that I'm okay with it because my mother's a super, super cool woman. Super cool chick. And the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. So if in her opinion, I'm eccentric, then I'm going to take that today as a compliment. But when she said that back then, I was like, you lucky that you gave birth to me because I was feeling some type of way. This like side story, right? When we were younger, my mother was you know she just man she was a mother you know she, you know you gotta clean the baseboards and freaking you couldn't do the, the little half stuff you like to do when you had to clean the kitchen you know you just wipe the center of the counter and you don't pull anything out no you had to pull everything out we were cleaning baseboards sealing fan blades where you turn the doorknob and the light switch very meticulous very meticulous we used to have super clean Saturdays and this was back in the day when they had the uh you guys remember the the the, the kung fu um what was it kung fu Saturday or Sunday Sunday. There was the Son of Spanguli. They had that the Kung Fu, you know, with, with Bruce Lee and all of them. And my brothers made their own nunchucks. And so anyway, my mother, she would be, you know, being a mother 
you know, we trying to go outside. Is she calling you from down the block for something about a sock you left or little stuff like that? So my brother decided he was going to go in the basement. He had this pillow. He tied a rope around the middle of the, and this was the, 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 the king size pillow. So he took a rope, <laughs> tied it around the middle of the pillow. He drew, because my mother, she wore glasses. He drew a face on the pillow with a magic marker with glasses. And he hung it from one of the beams down in the basement. And so my mother would be up there doing her thing. You know, yeah, I got to do this, that, that, blah, blah, blah. Have us do all these different things. And we were like, in heck, we trying to go outside. My brother would go downstairs to that pillow in the basement. And child, I'm trying to tell you, I'm talking roundhousing, nun checking. He used to give it to that. He took the pillow. He grabbed the pillow one time and was kneeing the pillow like he was kneeing it in the gut. So <laughs> he used to just crazy. My mother, I'm telling you, she used to be on us. But that's why to this day, we all remember these stories, but we are impeccable in certain areas throughout life. That was just sad, bro. That just made me think about that. I'm like, he was none checking mama on the pillow. But anyway, back to where we were, squirrel. But I'm back. All right. So those truths that we will take and attach to our reality does not necessarily mean that that's the truth of what we're facing. And this is so extremely important because when it comes to being triggered and being swept up, because it does, it starts to feel like you're just being swept up in this onslaught of emotions that'll take and overtake and overwhelm you, completely and totally disarm you. It can be a space of feeling like you're on autopilot, like you've jumped onto this train and there's no way of getting off and you have to ride it until the train decides to stop and wherever it stops, that's where you get off. That's what a trigger can do. And not only that, triggers can put you in a space where you start to destructively dismantle what you've done, your accomplishments up until that point, who you are, what your gifts are, and what you're here to do, and maybe even question or doubt how you serve, what you actually matter in the natural scheme of things, or how you actually matter, I'm sorry, in the natural scheme of things within this life. So that's why this is such an important conversation to have. I would like to refer you to uh, Romans, that is going to be chapter 12, verses 6 through this is NIV and it says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us if your gift is prophesying then prophesy in accordance with your faith if it is serving then serve if it is teaching then teach if it is to encourage then give encouragement if it is giving then give generously if it is to lead do it diligently if it is to show mercy do it cheerfully translation embrace and embody all that you are without worrying about what you may not be in comparison and what someone else happens to be. Now, this is important because if we find ourselves swept up in a trigger, it's because we've accepted a truth about ourselves. We've come to a point where we've made an assessment. We could have actually attached back to that assessment. And when we take that assessment out into the world and measure it next to someone else, we have decided that who we are, what we are, and what we bring to the table in comparison to over there is not enough. But if you are embodying who you are, what you have in terms of your gift and how you share that, how you show up with that in the world, if you're doing that righteously and if you're doing that in a healthy way, that should be enough. Because just like there's that 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 person over there may have that you don't, there's a lot that each one of us bring to the table or there's one specific aspect of ourselves that we bring to the table that no one else in the world has creating tunnels
tunnel vision around what that is and staying in that space is what's going to help us to fully embrace and embody, to grow in and build a sense of confidence, confidence and assuredness around what that thing is. So in order to have that assuredness around what that thing is, who we are and how that that we are and what we're bringing to the world has a value above what sometimes we understand. It's important to understand emotions and how we've been socialized to fear emotions and even to fight against that that is actually with understanding to serve us. So first things first, let's define what emotions are. And basically, they're assessments that we'll make regarding things that matter greatly to us. And these things matter so deeply to us, yet we feel as though we don't have complete control over those things. And we've been socialized to believe that our emotions can be irrational, that if you have an emotional response to something, that you're being childish, weakness, that emotions emotions can be a sign of weakness and I think that this socialization has just ravaged our community of men in ways that are just insane. It's, it's crazy, right? Because something that God put in every human being and if it's in us because emotions are, it's because they are to serve a good, but to be socialized for men to think that feeling and that space of vulnerability is a sign of weakness. It, it just uh, is one of the things that I believe creates this huge gap between men and women. That is like a completely and totally different episode, so I'm not about to go there, but I just had to say that. Um, another socialization is that um, your emotions can hinder you getting what you really want or being seen for who you really are. So the, the, the socialization is that, like I was just saying, we should hide how we feel. And there's also that that point of emotions not always being reliable. Now, I, I definitely do agree with that, how you feel is not necessarily fact, but there's a balance that has to go with that because yes, it's not always fact, but that doesn't mean that it can't give you some factual information that you can add to whatever your assessment may be of a situation, you know, or a person involved in a situation. At the end of the day, the truth is uh, we don't necessarily react to reality. We react to what we tell ourselves about reality, whatever our reality is. And so understanding that when it comes to emotions, we have a tendency to go on autopilot and act on that feeling and not reality. That's a space that each person has to decide to create a boundary, a stop point. Have to have a stop point. Like you push a button. All right, this is what I usually do. Stop, not pause. Because we don't mean just, you know, to take a, take a quick break and then keep moving. No, 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 no. Stop unplug and give yourself a moment to reassess. And I know people hate that kind of reminds me of the, somebody say uh, count back from 10. You know, you, you mad and then you stop and you like 10, 9, 8. No, I was that person where when I heard that back in the day count back from 10, I'd be in the middle of like burning the village to the ground. And just as things start to go up and smoke, I'd be like 10, 9, 8, 7, 5, do we want? And I'm right back to what. <laughs> right back to what I'm doing. But yeah, I know that that can seem impractical in a lot of different ways with the whole counting thing that that didn't work for me. But the best way to approach these things is to when you're in a space of calm, 
being real with who you are and preparing for the times when you show up and you gonna be who you are. That, my friend, was something that definitely worked for me. So understanding how different things that we may choose to do in response to emotion, understanding the depth for which those things take us off track from what we really want and who we really want to be, the ramifications of allowing ourselves to go off track. Because yes, I said allow, because we have to give ourselves permission to burn the village. Mm -hmm. We do, we do. And I, I use these completely and totally animated, <laughs> these animated examples, because when we're in space, where we're triggered and we're triggered because there are piles and piles and piles of truths that we've created for ourselves and these are truths that actually minimize who we are they can be rather demeaning they can be very isolating they can make anyone feel defensive they can make anyone feel subpar we are so mean to ourselves sometimes so when there's the trigger going on that's because we've allowed ourselves to create a space to dim our own light. We have to understand that. And so here are five things that fuel the fire comparison ignites and clouds our overall vision and our capability to be able to show up within that vision confidently with a barrier that we have put up and created against the trap of a trigger. The number one thing that fuels comparison and clouds your vision is isolation. Within the piece that you heard, the spoken word piece earlier, she asked, why in the hell do you let me see? Why am I allowed to see all of these things that are not for me? So she wanted to just keep her head down and not be able to see. Well, it's all about perspective. When we're seeing things around us that look shiny and beautiful and wonderful and like the things that we think that we want for ourselves, those things are not meant to make us second guess, to dim or shrink ourselves. And that's not what those things are for. Those things serve as evidence of who God is and what greatness can look like within each one of us. Now, I said what greatness can look like because that representation, whatever it is that we may see over there, the view over there, over the fence or down the block, or because you always look in somebody else's yard. Mm -hmm. Don't say you ain't never looked in nobody else's yard because yes, you have. I saw you looking at mad. <laughs> Don't mind me. But the view or the views up that we see all around us, those are not meant to tell us what we are not. Those are meant to be proof and evidence of what could be. And what is for each individual is just as, if not more, beautiful, magnetic, glorious. It's all of those things. So depending on what truth, what we hold on to, that impacts what we see. We tend to believe that what we are is what is for other people. I've, I've mentioned this in a previous show. I don't remember um, which one, but if you're someone who is typically truthful, then you're that person who tends to give other people the benefit of the doubt. If you're someone who is rather generous, then you tend to believe that other folks are generous too. If you're someone who's a liar, you're always second guessing and sad and what somebody could be telling you. If you're someone who's out there cheating, then you tend to have your spidey senses on and think that the average person out there is promiscuous because you are. We tend to see others the way we see ourselves. And so isolating keeps us from actually being able to grow. It keeps us from being able to experience and to see and to connect to what greatness is within others, which helps to build your confidence 
confidence and boost greatness within yourself. So isolation is definitely one of those things where if you stay in it, it helps to fuel the negativity associated with comparison and it'll definitely cloud your vision. Now I talked about the second one on the list is facts. Now I mentioned this a little bit earlier, so let's go ahead and get into it. We have to be careful of choosing to believe only what we can see, only what we can uh, prove, only what can be quantified because a fact is only half of what an actual truth is. There's always more than one side to any truth. And if we're thinking in terms of manifestation, right, you cannot be one to manifest abundantly if you do not have faith. And faith is abstract. It's not something that can be quantified. It's not something that can necessarily be proven. It's not something that you can see. Faith is believing in who God says he is and in that belief how God will work through you. And so faith has more to do with a connection to our spirituality, our intuition, that guide within that helps to propel us toward people, toward experiences, toward things that through our belief system allow us to be able to manifest. So if you're looking to be able to see, if you're looking to be able to prove, and you're looking to be able to quantify only, that in itself can fuel the fire of comparison and block your vision because manifestation has absolutely nothing to do with all of those things, seeing, quantifying, and proving. Can you see that? How you could actually limit, block, or extinguish your ability to be able to manifest, and I mean abundantly, if you're living in a space of everything having to be actual and factual. The third one on the list is indecision. Now listen, it's really easy to get into a space of straddling the fence. And are you one of those people where before you move, you have to talk to like a hundred other people, get what they have to say, and then you take what they have to say, and then you put it up against what you would say, and then what you would say is different than what they would say. So then you start to tweak what both of y'all said, only to go talk to more people and see what they say. So then you had a first set of people and what they said, and then what you said, and then you kind of put that together, cross stuff out, and then come up with what had been said. But then you go talk to some more people and see what they had said, and then when they say what they say up against what the first people said, and then what you had said, and then you put those together, and it was a lot that was said, and you like, you know what, procrastination, I think I'm gonna go to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. That's why, <laughs> see, indecisiveness kills any and everything that you are. It is the perfect breeding ground for regret, frustration, anxiety. Listen, at the end of the day, no decision is better than your own decision. I'm not saying that you should not go and get the opinions of people, but a tool that I like to use is if you're going to go and have a conversation with other people about something that you want to do before that conversation happens, you should have taken the time independently, totally independently, to have done your own research, to have come to some of your own conclusions, to maybe even have mapped out a game plan. It doesn't have to be perfect. It may have some holes and need some tweaking. But anytime you're going to have a conversation with other people, you should have an idea of what you plan to do independently on your own. That way, the words of others may be helping to broaden a foundation that you've already created. But I don't think ever that it's a good idea to go and have a conversation with someone about something that you want to do without laying at least a few bricks on your own. That's the thing. 
because it puts you in a position to be indecisive. It puts you in a position to have the chicken with the head running off kind of thing. It puts you in a position to doubt and minimize what you think because maybe you didn't have the confidence to think enough through and to create something, something that is uh, workable. It doesn't have to be, well, no, I am. I'm going to go ahead and use the word substantial, something substantial on your own. Okay. It's kind of like um, I used to say uh, back in the day to talk to a lot of people when I was in uh, going through my, my college years and a lot of people would ask young folk would ask about uh, college and they go in to see their their uh, they would go in to talk to their advisors and I would say that I think the worst thing that anybody could do when you're in school is to go in and talk to an advisor and you're clueless about what you want to be or what you want to do because they will say and give you anything. Those are just people working a job. I'm not saying that some are, are not knowledgeable. All of them have a degree of knowledge, but with all their knowledge, they don't know who you are. They don't know your gifts. They don't know your strengths. And even if you're trying to discover what that is, it still helps to go in there giving them some sense of who you are and not relying on them to tell you who you are. So anyway, that's an example of that. Next one on the list self-doubt all right okay sure we all have spaces where we like mm, i don't know i'm not sure about this with me not sure about that with me okay yeah that's normal that happens but it's okay to have those areas where there are some things that need to be sorted out but sorting those things out and moving through those things shows some confidence self-doubt wavering Wow. So I won't move. I guess because I'm not sure, I won't move. Well, you know what? I'm not sure. So let me look at what they're doing over there. Mm, I wonder what they're doing over there. Having the mindset that you're going to take a look to the left or the right to see what's going on with other people or spending a whole lot of time. And, you know, when I say a whole lot, I mean, if you're, if you find yourself in a space where you continue to circle back around to questioning your capability questioning if you should show up or when you show up are you showing up the right way the wrong way that to listen when i'm dealing with clients and this is this is quite often this is a conversation i'm trying to think has there ever been a time when i was working with a client where i didn't have this conversation and i honestly don't think that there ever has been but one of the things that i find myself working to overcome with clients a lot is their self-doubt and them saying well hey this is what it is that i want to do but how should I do it? Well, my answer to that is always, well, how do you think you should do it? How do you feel about it? And then they'll start talking about their ideas and what they haven't seen before. And then I remind them, well, yeah, you're an individual, meaning that the mold was broken after you. That's the point. The point is what you're doing should not have been seen before. Correct. You're right. So what's going on? We're not going to see anywhere else. I'm excited because I'm tired of seeing the same ish all the time. <laughs> you know, so that's the thing. The self-doubt piece is one that stamps out our ability to be able to show up authentically like the one-of-a-kind Rembrandt that each and every one of us happen to be. You shouldn't see who you are or what you would do or how you see something. You shouldn't go through the world and see a whole bunch of that because if you see a whole bunch of it, then you're not being true to who you are. And I think that for everyone listening to this, the goal should be for you to dig deep and connect to something about you that you've never seen before. And spoiler alert, it's probably going to 
scare the bejesus out of you because it's like, oh my God, this is, you know, th this is, I have not seen this. I mean, is it weird? Is it strange? Is it, if you're me, yeah, probably weird. <laughs> It's probably off the cuff. Probably not what you would see all the time. It took me a while to embrace that about myself. It's like, yeah, you be doing you. That's all I could say. I am me. Hear me roar. <laughs> it's what it is. But at the end of the day, yes, find that something within you that is so unique and is so different and that's just so even you like. I don't even know. That's okay. God knew that's why you had it. So rock with it roll with it and the last one people pleasing listen this journey is all about each and every one of the, one of us finding a space and place to be confident in who we are and confident in our gifts we're supposed to be of service and being of service to people is not the same as seeking what others have to say their opinions you know their perspective in order to have some validation or the stamp of approval for us to be able to move. Someone else cannot validate who you are because they have no clue, even with them trying their bestest, they have no clue as to who you uniquely are and who you were uniquely created to be in God. You know, only the brightest light will do. And anytime you're pleasing other people or it matters to you, to please and get the confirmation and affirmation and approval of other people, that in itself is dimming your own light. That in itself is you shrinking because you're afraid of just growing and becoming completely and totally monstrous. Monstrosity comes to mind. I don't know why. I think I, I had a moment where I was thinking of that. Y'all remember uh, Ghostbusters with that? Look at, I'm telling how old I am. And the big Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, that, that comes to mind. Anyway, squirrel. I'm back. <laughs> like, what in the world did the state of marshmallow man have to do with anything? Listen, I was thinking about monstrous, okay? No judgment zone. But back to what we were talking about. This brings to mind uh, Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 3, NIV. And it says, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Listen, what this scripture means to me is it's not about puffing your chest and, you know, I'm all that. That's not necessary, but believing that you're something and believing that that's something that you are has to be great because it was gifted to you by the most high. That is something that is necessary. It's also necessary and it's one of the blockades or actually a foundation for blockade. Embracing who you are in God is pivotal because it's one of the major pieces of the blockade that you should build or you should be trying to build around the spaces in which triggers would try and seep into your life and seep into your being. Understand that anytime you can be triggered by anything in the external world, that's because there are some things within you that you've taken on that are not God's truth about who you are. You hear me? You've taken on some things that you've decided are true, but it's not God's truth. And to show you that it's not God's truth, when you're connected to things 
outside of you that challenge that false truth, you react emotionally to it. It bothers you because it's not God's truth about who you are. We tend to be, to build unrealistic expectations for ourselves. And anytime you're living in the space of unrealistic expectations, anytime we're living in a space of unrealistic expectations, then we're setting ourselves up to fail. And you say unrealistic expectations. Why do you say that, Terrell? Well, because if you're looking on the outside at what's happening with, with, with someone else and you're attaching something negative to yourself about someone else's life, then you set up the expectation for you to be what someone else is to try and manifest what you see is happening when you look over there and I just really pray that for each and every one of us who has these moments because no one is immune to this moment some of us are along our journey where when things come up we may view it different we may process it differently we may see it differently it may hit us differently but these things are human condition. There's no one listening who is immune to this and who hasn't experienced this at some point in time in life. And the reason why I believe that is because we need to encounter these types of things that are emotionally taxing to us. We have to encounter these things because this type of adversity, emotional, spiritual, whatever type of adversity it is, it is oh so necessary in sharpening our iron. Iron sharpens iron, right? We're iron and these things are iron and we put them together and get to sharpening them, then that's how we become stronger and out on the other side of the, the, the madness that we feel within. We cannot elevate. We cannot become refined. We cannot acquire wisdom to give to others as we go along in this life if we have not encountered these situations and have a story to tell for how we were able to maneuver them and get to the other side of them. So all of these things, again, are a human condition that are meant for our good. And this podcast and other communities that deal with these types of things, the point is to have different people with different perspectives, different journeys within their life based on the scope of who they were created to be and what they bring to the world to be able to share their experiences with these situations so that there will be someone that can appeal to someone else who may be going through the same thing and connect with the voice that they're hearing. Some of you listening to this are going to connect with me and my perspective and others will not. People say, well, there are so many of this and so many of that. There are so many hairdressers. There are so many coaches. There are so many doctors. There's 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 a lot of everything. Well, that's by design because there's a specific person that's going to appeal to other people who can connect who that person is, what their journey is, what their gift is, and where they're going. Guess what? You're one of those people that someone is going to connect to. So I say all that to say that I don't want anyone listening who is challenged in these areas to feel as though they're broken. I don't want you to feel as though you're challenged in this area that you have nothing to offer. You're being challenged in this area because you do have something to offer. And in going through the process of working through these things, you are adding more tools to your tool chest that you'll be able to share with others as you continue your journey and share who you are throughout life in a way that'll help to free someone from where they are you know so we have to give ourselves some grace and we have to understand that we're never alone in these types of situations in this this humanness you know because that's what it is it's just being human and to be human is to be flawed but all 
also the other side of being flawed is to be a living testimony. The other thing is to be that example, to be that testimony for those who have picked up the stick that you once carried and threw away in your life. All right. All right. Well, that is it for content today. If you have any questions on anything here, shoot me an email, connect at thegrinddefined.com. Also, I want to say to anyone listening, if you've been listening from uh, the beginning on up until now, there's been a lot of information. Um, By all means, if there are some things that you would like to work through from what you've heard thus far, again, shoot me that email at connect at thegrinddefined.com. Also, too, you can uh, go to thegrinddefined.com, click on connect. If you want to link directly with me at terrellandmichelle.com, there's a link there where you can do that. We can get together and uh, sit down, have a virtual cup of tea, chat, see where you are, what's going on with you, and where you would like for things to be within your journey. All right. So as always, it's amazing spending time with you guys. Yeah, I know I love the word amazing. That's because there's so much that is amazing. If you haven't already, go to thegrinddefined.com, click on feed, choose whatever app you like so that you can stay connected to The Grind Defined. Make sure you click that notification bell so you will be notified. Notified, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you'll be notified when I upload. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> If you want a little something extra in your teeth, then you're going to want to join the list to get those extras. As always, 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 never, ever, 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 ever forget that you have got to define your grind and never let the grind define you. Terrell and Michelle here. Until next time, peace and abundant blessings. Mm